Welcome to the Wholehearted Eating Podcast, where non-diet nutrition, weight-inclusive care, and integrative health collide. We're your hosts, Dana Montes and Christina Hoyt, licensed integrative clinical nutritionists and body image coaches. And we believe you deserve to have a joyful relationship with food in your body, even if you have a chronic health condition or symptoms that just won't quit. On this show, together and with our guests, we're bringing the real talk, no BS5, or tangible tools to help you pursue health and wellness without obsession or restriction. Remember our disclaimer, this podcast is meant for general information purposes only and should not be taken as a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. On this week's episode, we are talking about navigating overwhelm and decision fatigue in fall reset season. So if you're wondering, this is part two to a previous episode that we did from two weeks ago, which was called, Do You Need a Fall Reset? So on this episode, we're getting more into the nitty gritty for how to actually navigate this crazy season. So we're talking about what you think you need to reset in the fall or after a vacation versus what you actually need and how you can do that in a non-diet, non-restrictive way, and also where body image comes into the fall reset conversation. Plus, related to this, and you'll hear more details about this coming up later in the episode, but if you're listening to this went close to when it comes out, next week on Thursday, September 28th at 12 p.m. Eastern Time 2023, for reference, if you're listening to this in the future, we're going to be hosting a free meal planning power hour, wholehearted eating edition. So you can join us to learn how to meal plan in a non-diet, non-restrictive way, how to make food more easily accessible and available without food paralysis or decision fatigue. You're also going to get a wholehearted eating meal planning guide, which we're going to walk you through on the power hour. So you have the tools to be successful on your own in the future. So you can check out the link in the show notes to get a free guide to get you started. And if you are listening to this after September, no worries, the recording and the guide are still going to be available. And I will update the link in the show notes to reflect that, but let's get right into this week's episode. All right. Hey, friends, and welcome back to Wholehearted Eating. So two weeks ago, if you're listening to this when it comes out, we were talking about how in the fall, it is very common to feel like I need a little bit of a reset button. And in the past, what has been marketed to us is you need this entire like lifestyle overhaul and everything has to be in this perfectly little you know containers and everything has to be perfectly counted and measured and we're talking about food and exercise and all of the home stuff and everything like that and it can definitely feel like if I just get my food and my exercise under control then the wheels will be back on the bus right or if I can just get this structure in place for how I'm going to feed everybody in my house and we absolutely stick to it and we never deviate to it the wheels will be back on the bus so We talked about that two weeks ago. We definitely recommend that you listen to that episode. Link will always be in the show notes. But we wanted to talk about this week as kind of a part two or continuation, how getting back into a routine can be difficult, but can also feel very comforting because it feels like you're, quote, doing something. But it can also feel very overwhelming for a lot of different reasons. And so we wanted to give you some examples of why this can be and then also some examples of how you can start to incorporate some flexible routines that can, you know, help you get back into it, help you feel like the wheels are back on the bus, but without any restriction, without any, you know, programmed resets or anything like that, because 
as we know, restriction leads to overcompensation. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think one of the things too that we think about is like in regards to this is that sometimes it can feel so overwhelming. One, I think because it requires so much thought and planning and execution and like so much executive function that whether or not you're someone who has ADHD, which would make it even 10 times harder, or someone who doesn't, who really actually thinks of themselves as thriving and making organized like routines and things like that. When you're completely burnt out and you're doing all of the things, it's, I think part of the reason why we kind of gravitate towards this is because we always have been told and the way that we think about things is very all or nothing. So we're either doing it all or we're not doing anything. Like summer is this whole YOLO, no routines, like everyone's doing their own thing. The kids are playing, like whatever, we'll stay up late. You know, it's no big deal. And then it's like, oh, now it's back on a routine Monday morning. Like this is what we have to do and all of these things. And I think part of the reason why is because we're just like, diet culture has conditioned us so much to fall into this either I'm doing something or I'm doing nothing at all and the whole idea around that is so overwhelming when it comes down to if you're so spent with trying to execute all of the things especially if you're like your family's manager or like if you are the if you are a couple as Dan and I was talking about before this if you're coupled up with kids and you're kind of the family manager this time, it almost feels like a life raft to create a really organized system that you can follow by. It's like almost like I have to create this system. And one of the things that this just came to mind was thinking about our episode with Crystal and how she said you can't fix burnout with more productivity. And I think that like, God, if that's not a quote that I need printed out and see (laughs) and paste it on our kitchen, like this is not the answer. Like what a thing to have, because I think it really plays in here too, because we are trying to do all of these things and it does require a lot of executive function and thinking. And so it makes sense that we would say, I just need a really great system to make sure that everything gets done and I can't deviate. If you're in like Instagram in the mom mental load kind of things like I am or the ADHD mom type stuff like you're seeing that on Instagram, there are people who are making literal binders with their stuff like spending all this time creating all of these different things to manage this stuff. And to me, I'd be like, do you really do that every day? Like, is this really like... Like just every feel day. So, yeah, no, every day they have like a binder with like what they're doing and all this stuff. And Casey and I were just talking about it over the weekend about how we were like, this seems over the top, like just like a really drastic response to really what we're looking for is support. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like Christine was saying before with the, this is kind of so ingrained in us to feel like. Well, after the craziness and, you know, not having as much of a structured routine in the summer, what that we have been basically marketed to, to feel like that is out of control. The wheels are off the bus. You need to rein it in kind of thing. Right. And then it can feel like, oh, well, if I just 
put everything in this binder, if I just put everything in these different structures and I follow it, then things will feel much less stressful and then things will go more smoothly and everything like that. When in reality, trying to institute all of these different structures and routines and very rigid ones at that is extremely stressful, right? If anyone has ever done any kind of you know, diet protocol or, you know, fitness program or any of these things, they tell you you need a minimum of a week to plan and get your shit together, basically, because it is such an overhaul. And when you're trying to manage all of these different things that are probably changing in your life, like you're going back to a more regular work schedule, you don't have summer Fridays anymore, you're not traveling as much, you know, you all your, your kids and your pets and like everybody has different needs and your partner and everything like that, or even if you're on your own, right? It's like, there's so many different things that you feel like, oh, I... I do need to get my shit back together, right? And it feels like you need something to kind of kickstart you into that. But even just that feeling is stressful enough to put some people in to this kind of like restrict and then overcompensation or, you know, binge mentality if we're talking about food. And when the mental load of everything is so overwhelming, especially if like Christina was mentioning, you're kind of the family manager and it feels like everything is on you. It can feel really enticing to be basically see this system or whatever it is and be like, oh my gosh, you know, if I can just latch on to that thing, like that seems like the magic pill to all my problems. The promise of that is very stress relieving. But then when you actually get into it, and I'm not even talking about, you know, the first couple of days because everybody feels so great, you know, the first (laughs) couple of days of like doing a whatever. But what we are trying to spread the word about is that you need more sustainable systems, right? We're not anti-system. We're not anti-structure. We're not anti any of that stuff. What we are anti, right. (laughs) Oh my gosh, we're about to talk about how much we love systems and planning and everything like that. But at the same time, you have to be realistic with yourself. You can't be like, oh, you know, I've got, you know, a partner, I've got my own job, they have their own job, our two kids are in, you know, different schools and everything like that. You can't expect to be like, all right, we're trying a vegan diet this month and it's only going to be raw and everybody's eating this and we're also doing a 30-day exercise routine and also I'm going to sleep eight hours a night and meditate every single day. It's like, that's... Not, that's not (laughs) possible, you know. That sounds exhausting, by the way. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And that's the point, right? It's like, while the intent of all of that may be, I just want to have a couple of things on these paths because I know that, for example, like eating more vegetables helps me feel better, right? Like getting a little bit more sleep than I do right now makes me have more energy during the day. You know, like all of these things do have their separate merits, But when you take it to an extreme, especially a lot of people take it to an extreme because, you know, we always go back to like the whole 30s, like everybody's like, oh my God, the first time I did a whole 30, like it was amazing, you know, but then after that, you've never kind of been able to achieve the same feeling or whatever it was that you got then because it was yeah the rush right it was like such a shock to your system it was so different you know everything like that but spoiler alert unless you're orthorexic you're not doing a whole 30 beyond what it's quote intended to be and there's we could have a lot of discussions about that right but so (laughs) even going back to the like the mental load of everything is so overwhelming the other thing that can happen is when you're in what we call like back to school mode and all of these things are going and all the cars are going in different directions 
before you even get to what are we the perpetual question what are we going to have for dinner tonight the decision fatigue has already set in you know especially if you're like us and you have your own business or you know you're doing all of these other things it's like you've made hundreds of decisions already so far during the day and the thought of having dinner already planned and done and the decision has already been made is very enticing at the same time you might be like I'm too tired to even think about dinner. We're just going to get, you know, we're going to roll through the drive-thru. We're just going to roll by the grocery store and pick up the hot bar, you know, wherever it is. Yes, and that can also get pretty expensive, right? So this is where we can start to figure out where are you in terms of the resources that you have, the capacity that you have, and then what are also, you know, your main goals in the sense of like, do you want to save money? Do you want to cook more at home? We're not talking about, I want to do a 30-day super restrictive challenge. It's like, Let's try and meet ourselves where we are and figure out how we can do things in a more moderate mentality rather than super aggressive, restrictive or total overhaul or everything like that. Because that in itself is a huge burden on the nervous system, which is making you more stressed out when you're trying to do all of these things to make yourself less stressed. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, to be honest, it kind of negates the health promoting effects of, (laughs) of doing all the things when you're so stressed while you're trying to execute them. And that kind of reminded me when you were listing out like, and now we're going to do this and now we're going to do that. And we're going to do this on top of that. And and like all of the things. And I was thinking about how we have this mindset that we have to do every single health promoting behavior simultaneously in order for it to matter. And I got to be honest with you, you can take a little bit from column A, a little bit from column B, column C, E, F, G, Z, all the things on various different days. And spoiler alert, they're still health promoting. It doesn't have to be all of them all at once, every single day till death to us come. Like it doesn't... (laughs) I know. I know. I said that. (laughs) But it's true. Like, it just doesn't have to be like that. But yeah, we feel like it is. And I think that's like a really great thought process when we say all or nothing. It's kind of what we mean. But I don't feel like it's always been said in that succinct way of like trying to do every single health promoting behavior all at once. When you hear that, it does sound bonkers. Like, what? Like, why would I try to do all of those things? And then add in stress on top of it because it is overwhelming. So I think one of the things that we wanted to make sure we touched on too is because we do really appreciate and work with a lot of people who have ADHD too. And we think that this on top of it is like really, really complicated and really difficult because it's really hard to set up a system and also set up executive routines eat with for people who have ADHD, even if they thrive with them. Like I know that some clients of mine will say like, I probably would have been really great in the military. (laughs) Like I would have been able to like, I understand the assignment. I'm going to do all the things, but it's also really hard because there's also this juxtaposition between I want flexibility at the same time. And so how do I create this structure and this like also flexible kind of sustainable system that can work with me, work for me. That's not me 
printing out this binder and creating this whole thing that I can totally hyperfixate on and create, <laughs> create this thing as like a major thing. Like today's the day I'm getting my life together. And it's like, <laughs> and then you get really hyperfixate on it and then you don't print out one piece or you forget to laminate something and you're like, all oh, the whole system's gone to shit. And now I'm not doing it at all. Whereas we could have just said that binder's kind of cool maybe I could slowly build my recipe binder over time instead of trying to do every single thing all at once today as if this one little thing is going to solve all of our personal and world's problems. Yeah. And, <laughs> right? And I think, like, we put so much on these routines because ultimately what we really want is support. We really want to feel like we're having help. If you are the family manager of your home and you carry the mental load, you want and need a more equitable division of the labor labor in your home. This is why I'm like a huge fan of Diary of an Honest Mom on Instagram. Like if you're not following her, please check her out. She talks about this a lot and fair play cards and like dividing up the tasks within your home so you feel like okay cool there are things that I can take off of my list and I think that also works if you're single too you might not have another person that you can like deviate like um you know assign that task or take over something but you maybe can bring in an outside support for it you know or different types of tools or things like that based off of your off of your like uh, what's it, like your capacity and and financial situation and what kind of tools you can bring in, but there's always something that we can do to take something off of our table or to make things a little bit easier. And maybe that's like leaning into convenient foods a little bit more and being like giving yourself a little bit less pressure of making every single thing from scratch from start to finish every day of the week from here on out. Yeah, and you know, the one thing that's helpful to think about is there is a point of diminishing returns at some point. And through all of the different, let's call them experiments that you may have done throughout the years of trying to do maybe different diets or structures or, you know, different things like that, even, you know, not even including food, just like when it comes to life, like maybe this planner or this calendar or this, you know, binder or whatever it is, you always hit some point of diminishing returns where it's like, I can't do this anymore. You know, our goal is to figure out some kind of system that at least can last you through a season, a couple of months minimum, right? And we can talk like a weather season or it can be a specific season of your life or it can be, you know, whatever it is, right? And one thing that, uh, one kind of analogy that you reminded me of, Christina, when you were talking about the kind of wellness productivity checklist that everyone gets into of like, oh, yeah, I should do all of these things. What's crazy is we love our planners. You know, if you've been around here for a while, we love a good planner. But the interesting thing is so many planners, what we're talking about, this wellness productivity checklist, wellness productivity checklist is like this is built in to some of those planners. It'll have Monday, Tuesday, all the way through Sunday. Here's my top priorities for the week. And then there will be a little like grid box in the bottom that's like 
check off your water, check off your food, check off your exercise. Did you meditate today? How much did you sleep? It's all there or it's blank and you can kind of fill it in. And I don't want to say that that is always a negative thing to have some sort of check-in for stuff like that. If you're prioritizing trying to do a gratitude practice or trying to see if you're getting enough sleep, you know, it is objectively good data to see, oh, I didn't get enough sleep any day of the week this week. No wonder I'm feeling so tired as opposed to, well, I just need to stop eating sugar and then my energy levels will be more even throughout the day. Let's start with sleeping a little (laughs) bit more than you are right now, you know, instead of doing this whole lifestyle overhaul. But I also wanted to touch on leaning into one topic that we all know that you love to hear about because everybody struggles with it is how body image plays into this. So if and when I would say we get overwhelmed by trying to make all of these overhauls and lifestyle changes or we're thinking that we need to but we're not sure how to do that yet, it becomes really simple to blame your body for how uncomfortable you are if you are at a place that you're not satisfied with your body, which we would say is the majority of people, you know, it's hard pressed to find somebody who is completely neutral with their body. We're not even talking positive here, right? But if you even have those moments of negative body image or negative self-talk or anything like that, it's most likely going to come out when you're very stressed and overwhelmed. And especially when we're transitioning into a fall season where you may have friends or colleagues or people in your life that are like, oh, I'm doing this thing. Do you want to do it with me? You know, I'm trying to lose weight or I, you know, there's other people out there who we've talked about before who are like, oh, improve your relationship with food and also lose all this weight and feel better about your body. But the only way you can do that is by losing weight. And we just are like banging our heads against the wall about how all this language is being subverted and used in a way that is very predatory. But this becomes another layer of why it can feel like, oh no, but I do really need this reset. I do really need to kind of press this easy button on food and exercise because it can feel like if we just get the wheels back on the bus with our food and our exercise, then I'll be less stressed about my body and then I will be less stressed overall. So again, it feels like, oh, well, here's another reason I should be doing these resets or like, here's another reason I should be doing this, you know, restrictive protocol or whatever it is. I also think too, like one of the things that's like natural, that it's not natural, like it's not in, like it's not natural the way we're innately born to do this, but it feels very natural to always go back to blaming our body for how we're feeling physically. So like you gave a good example of like, um, I'm really tired. Maybe I should give up sugar. Like, or be like, I feel really sluggish. I should lose 15 pounds. It's like, well, maybe you're sluggish because you haven't slept and because you're carrying the weight of all of the load in your home, or you're going through this really crazy busy time at work right now. And you don't have anyone to help support you and you haven't taken on anything else. And you're still trying to hold yourself to the same standards that you were before, even though you're in this really busy time of your life right now and going through a lot. And I think it's really easy to and natural for a lot of people to be like, well, if I lose 15 pounds and if I do this diet, I'll naturally feel better instead of thinking about it like, well, maybe I need to focus on taking care of myself giving myself a little bit more grace, a little bit more compassion. Maybe I need to give myself some more sleep. Maybe I need to, maybe I do need to drink some more water, but maybe, <laughs> but like, maybe, I, maybe I should put down the fourth cup of coffee and swap it with something else because that's probably adding fuel to a fire. 
Um, but there's things that you can do without saying, without blaming your body for everything. And I think that's really natural for a lot of us to do. And it makes when we're overwhelmed, that discomfort really overwhelming. And then at the same time, those types of diets and resets and like overhauls can feel so um, attractive because we're like, oh, wow, two birds, one stone. This is how I'm going to lose weight, feel better. And then I'm going to have magical energy to create this binder and do all these things that I'm supposed to do now. Yeah. And, you know, we validate that that is a very real thing. Most people go through this at point, but at some point we have both gone through this. Oh my gosh, here's the kind of the golden ticket that's going to fix all my shit when it may feel that way for a week or two. And then afterwards you're like, when is the end? Like, (laughs) I just want this to be over. But so we wanted to give an example of what you feel like you should or what you need to do to reset in the fall or like after a vacation or something like that versus what is actually helpful to do in an add-in way without a total overhaul or restrictive protocols or anything like that. I feel like every year in the fall, we do an episode that touches on this at some point, but you are a complicated houseplant. (laughs) My favorite line of all time. We are all complicated houseplants. And so at, you know, I would say at the end of the day, but at the beginning of the day, because we're talking about beginnings, right, is we need to take care of our very basic needs. Instead of being like, oh, I just got back, for example, I was at a wedding over Labor Day weekend. You're not eating your regular food. People are drinking. You're not drinking enough water because if you're flying, you're not You don't want to have to pee all the time on the plane or maybe at all. So then you don't drink enough water. You know, everything's kind of out of sync a little bit. So let's start with some water, right? Let's get some sunlight. Let's get some movement. Let's eat some food. You know, those are kind of the four priority things. And it would be very easy to stretch that to an extreme of I need to drink X amount of water a day. I'm not allowed to drink any alcohol. I'm not allowed to have any sugar. I'm not allowed to blah, 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 blah. I have to do all of these things every single day. It's like, hold on, Nellie, let's, let's. Reel it back in a little bit. The first thing that you can think about is let's try to get your circadian rhythm back to your regular rhythm. So one of the things that you can do for that is try to get some amount of sunlight in the morning. That could be letting your dog out for two seconds. Let the sun shine on your face. If it's raining, that's a different story. But, (laughs) you know, do your best to try and get some sunlight at some point in the morning. We also have, very interestingly, tying this in with gut stuff, as I always do, or as one of my clients said the other day, do you mean butt stuff or gut stuff? Because we're talking about poop. And I was like, well, that could be construed in different ways. So let's call it gut stuff. That's hilarious. (laughs) But anyway, we have a circadian bowel rhythm as well. So trying to get your bowel movements back on track is if you are any kind of regular in your bowel movements, you may notice that you go to the bathroom around the same time every day. That's because you have a circadian bowel rhythm, right? So that is one way to know, am I off a little bit? You know, are you going to bed way later or way earlier than you usually do? What about getting up in the morning, right? If you're really struggling with your sleep cycle, that's something that we can try and work on too. But instead of being like, well, I've been going to bed at 1 a.m. I really want to go to bed at 11. Let me just do that. Try and move it back at like 15 minute increments 
per week, per couple of days or something. You know, if you're feeling like you're really dehydrated, like you feel thirsty all the time, your skin is looking a little bit duller than it usually is, you feel generally dry, maybe we need to drink a little bit more water. And then with food, there's a huge difference between I'm cutting out everything to make up for what I did on vacation, which like we've all been there, no shade, right? We've all been there. (laughs) And I'm going back to my regular routine. I'd love to eat some fruits and vegetables at some point, right? And trying to figure that out in a more add-in, realistic, kind of relaxed way rather than like a, well, I'm starting paleo on Monday or whatever the new fad diet is. Yeah, I don't know what the new thing is right now, but... I think it's actually Ozempic, which we're going to do another episode on soon. (laughs) Yeah, that's a whole other story. But yeah, I mean, I think one of the things to think about, too, is is I can understand and appreciate, I know you can, too, Dana, around wanting to have, like, that little, like, when I was thinking about the planners and having that little checklist and, like, being like, ooh, yay, I did it, check, and there's, like, something to that. That doesn't mean that you can't create goals for yourself. Right. That doesn't mean that you can't say, okay, I'm going to drink more water and I need to hold myself like semi accountable or like a way for me to observe that because maybe I forget to drink water a lot or it's really easy for me to do that. What can I do to make it easier? Can I get a cute new water bottle that I've been eyeing up? Yeah, maybe I can do that. Maybe I can have an upstairs water bottle and a downstairs water bottle if I really feel like I need that, you know? And, like, I'm thinking about my breast, like, uh, breastfeeding people. Like, you need water everywhere because you get incredibly thirsty. But also, I think one of the things, too, is, like, there is something to wanting to check it off. And I get that. And I appreciate it. And you can do it still without it being, I'm going to do every single thing and I can't deviate from it. And I'm going to make myself feel bad about myself if I don't do it. Mm-hmm. And this is where understanding your capacity comes in. You have to understand where you are. You have to understand what your schedule is, what your lifestyle is, and what's realistic for you. And then how do you kind of execute and do that? And that's something that like we're diving deeper into in an upcoming event, I guess you could call it. We're doing a meal planning power hour at the end of September And that's where we're going to kind of bring all of this together, where we're kind of showing you how exactly do you integrate some of these things. Maybe it is meal planning and having this idea and taking that decision fatigue off of there, but doing it in a sustainable, flexible, laid back way without it being like this big, massive overhaul. And yeah, I mean, I think that's the main thing is to think about how do I meet myself where I am? And that can be really hard to do because we hold ourselves to such high standards a lot of times. And so how do I do that in a way that is realistic? Yeah. And, you know, we are nutritionists. And so I'm sure you all are like, well, you keep talking about food and how we can do this in a more realistic way and, you know, not doing like a super reset or anything. Cool. How do I do that? That's why we wanted to do this, right? So by the way, this is free. If you show up live, just come hang out with us. For details, it's Thursday, September 28th at 12 p.m. Eastern. All of this will be in the show notes. There'll be a link to sign up and everything like that. Um, We're going to host it over on our Patreon, but it is free and public for everybody if you do sign up. And when you sign up, you're going to get 
a free kind of like preview of what we're going to be going over. So kind of like a mini non-diet meal planning guide. But on that power hour, we're going to be taking you through a more extended version of that. And so how you can learn how to meal prep and kind of meet yourself where you are based on your unique goals and challenges in a non-diet, non-restrictive way, how we can make food more easily accessible and available trying to get out of the food paralysis and decision fatigue and everything like that. So if you're interested, the link will be in the show notes. And of course, we want to set you all up with the tools so that you can be successful on your own in the future instead of being like, I have to do the exact structure that Dana and Christina are describing, (laughs) which by the way, there's many, we're going to give you basically a whole toolbox of options. So you can figure out, okay, let me try this one, you know, this time, let me try this one next time, see what works for you and your family. And then our goal is not for you to just take this and run with it forever. And if you feel like it's not working for you, then you're a failure. There's no failure in this, right? This is more about trying to figure out What are the tools that are going to be helpful and sustainable for you going forward? And even when you have a week that's super busy or a month that's super busy, what are some different kind of concepts that you can bring into your everyday life or your every week food planning, less decision fatigue and food paralysis, you know, mentality that will make things easier and more sustainable for you so you don't feel like you have to go back to one of these extremely rigid kind of resets or protocols or anything. But at the same time, you don't feel like the wheels on, are off the bus. You do feel like you have some structure with built-in flexibility as well. Yeah, I think one of the things that I'm most excited about with sharing about our wholehearted eating meal planning guide is for me, it feels like we do this. This is, yes. <laughs> this is our system that yeah. we use at home and I do it with my family and with my kids. And one of the things that I love the most about it is that if I don't do it one week, it's not a big deal. Like I don't feel like, oh, and then when I go back to it or if I'm like, oh, you know what? I really need some support this week because these things are going on. Let me rain, let me like utilize this tool that I have and I can go back to it and be able to use it to the degree in which I need. And then other times it's more of like a, oh, here are the things that we just have that I know that we can do if I have a lot more time, flexibility, which we talked a lot about in the last episode. And I think that's the thing that I'm most excited about sharing with everybody is this is also the system that we walk our clients through Mm -hmm. and that we do on our own. And we're really excited and I'm really excited to share it with everybody because I feel like we could all use a little less rigidity and a lot more flexible, accessible ways to bring some, some form of like feeling a little less overwhelmed when it comes to food in our homes. Yeah. And this is less of a webinar and more of a interactive live show. So when you all join with us, you'll be able to comment along. We're going to be responding to your questions. We'd love to hear, you know, do you have examples that fit into these different categories that we're talking about? You know, what are your biggest struggles and goals and things that we can help you with? So again, it is free if you join us live. Um, The link will be in the show notes. And so if you're feeling like, okay, all this sounds great, but like, how do I actually do this? Join us. Join us. And we'll see you there. All right. See you guys next week. Bye. Bye -bye. (laughs) Bye-bye. 
Hey friends, it's Dana, and thanks so much for listening to the Wholehearted Eating Podcast today. Find us on social media at Wholehearted Eating Pod on Instagram and at wholeheartedeating.com for more information about working with Dana and Christina for one-on-one nutrition counseling. If you love the show, we would love you forever if you'd share an episode with your family and friends or tag us on social media or leave a five-star rating or review wherever you listen to podcasts to help more people find the show. Check out patreon.com slash wholeheartedeating to help support the show and get access to ad-free episodes, bonus episodes with us and our guests, episode discussions, new resources we're creating for Patreon, and so much more. If you have questions for us, feedback on the show, potential topics or guests you'd love to have on, shoot us an email at hello at wholeheartedeating.com and we'll see you next week.